Hey, hey, Boss Reballers. Patty Dominguez here with Tim Wambach, episode 35 with the amazing Suresh May. How do you go from broke to a seven-figure launch in just under a year? You're going to find out on this episode as well as how Suresh wrote a letter and garnered the attention of two multimillionaires with an an exceptional open rate on that letter. You're also going to have the opportunity to find out about sales psychology, the law of reciprocity, timing to create a new product, as well as how to position yourself where you have clients clamoring to want to work with you. We also dive into the psychology of parenthood and so much more. If you're interested in getting a copy of Suresh's letter that garnered, again, the attention of seven-figure earners, multimillionaires, really, make sure to visit our show notes page at bossreesociety.com forward slash show 35 for a download of that letter, as well as Suresh's special offer of his book. The name of the book is How to Create Lifetime Customers. You're going to get a very special offer for our Boss Reballers Suresh is going to give you. Again, it's how to create lifetime customers. Again, make sure to visit bossresociety.com forward slash show 35 for all those details. If you have not hit the subscribe button, make sure to do so. That's what makes you a boss reballer. We hope you enjoy this show. It was unbelievable. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. We are we're back in the studio interviewing an, an incredible guest, incredible entrepreneur. I'm excited, Patty. I know I am too. Okay, so background on our guest is that I saw him speak in a panel and was just blown away. And he's gonna talk about more why he blew me away, but then beyond that, so much of the good stuff that he's doing and just the overall entrepreneurial chops that he has that is just really remarkable. So Tim, tell us about our guest. Absolutely. Our guest is Suresh May. He's an author and a speaker. He helps entrepreneurs, marketers, and business owners sell high-ticket products and services by leveraging the power of the internet and mobile technology. His most recent book, How to Create Lifetime Customers, Leverage the Marketing Power of the Internet and Mobile Technology to Quickly Get New Customers, Have Them Spend More Money, and Keep Them Buying for he also recently consulted InstantCustomer.com and helped them achieve $1.8 million in online sales in seven days. Uh, that, that launch ultimately did $2.8 million in sales over the next eight weeks. All of his clients have a trackable ROI, and he teaches them how to create lifetime customers. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Rush May. Uh, that's a hell of an introduction. <laughs> you make me want to talk to me, man. <laughs> You're like, damn, I'm great, aren't I? <laughs> that is the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. Well, thank, thank you so much for being on uh, on our show. You know, we really, Patty speaks obviously very highly of you, and we couldn't wait to, to get you on and just to kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit about how you kind of got to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, it was great to meet Patty in San Diego. I think that was uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
It was. It's been a it couple of weeks, and I literally beelined over to him, and I didn't want to come across like, hey, Shirsh, can I get your autograph? It wasn't that. It was just kind <laughs> of like, I want to show you the respect because your story is so amazing. So do you mind, Shirsh, just telling everybody because I keep giving people like a peek under the tent, but they want the yeah. full story of what you have been able to achieve. Yeah, so um, I started out in online business back in 06. That's when I made the decision to go into business for myself. And I always knew before I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to work for anyone else. I knew that very, very clearly. And I was in college in Chicago, like we talked about earlier, and I had to make two very difficult decisions back to back. The first one was to stop playing basketball, which I had played like my entire life. I fell out of love with the game and to drop out of college. Because I knew getting a degree wouldn't help me with what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so after that, you know, that was 2006. And, man, for the next, uh, man, six, seven, eight years, man, I struggled just trying to figure it out. Um, never had a job longer than seven weeks. And, man, back in, this was 2013, man, one morning my son he he came in my room, and as he all often did, he always, Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. That's his thing. He want to eat all day long, right? He just want to eat. And, um, man, this particular morning, like, I couldn't feed him. And I didn't have any cash to feed him. I had no food to feed him. And at that moment, like, I knew I was at my rock bottom. It's like, dude, you know, you feel with so much ambition, and you're trying as hard as you can. Many, many days, you know, sleepless nights. Just couldn't crack it open. You know, I had made a little money on the internet, but just nothing sustainable though. And I was like, man, I need a mentor. And so that was, um, 2013 December. And up until that point, I was looking for a gig for like four months. Nobody would hire me. Had a few interviews. Nobody would hire me. I have a question for you, Suresh, on that. Just because there's so much here and I don't want to get through all this. So what was it just to go back? What was it about when you were in college that you said, there's no way I can't do it. I can't be an employee. And how did you make the decision to leave school? Because that was, I mean, that's pretty extreme in that you're already in college. So I don't know how far you were into the program, but what was it? Was it somebody that talked to you about it, a book that you read, somebody that opened your eyes to entrepreneurship or had you always been that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I never knew what I would sell, what I would try to do. But the thing that pushed me over the edge, Facebook was getting really hot. Okay. And Zuckerberg and I, we were about the same age. And um, I was thinking, man, if this kid can do it, I know I can. Like, and, you know, and so what happened, I, I think I only went to college to play college basketball, really. I was always really smart, but I just never saw the value in school to do what I wanted to do, which was ultimately become wealthy. And, you know, like people would try to sell the idea, hey, go to school, get a good job. But I'm like, man, your life, it sucks. I see that you go to work every day. You hate it. Like you want to shoot yourself in the face every Monday. Like, You're I like, what am I buying into? Right. Like I'm not, I'm not buying that. You can't right. sell me this dream. Like I'm not doing that. And so, yeah, when Facebook, Facebook was taking off, I actually stopped going to class, but I would go to the library every day to study business. And then I was like, okay, hey, I'm not, I'm in my fourth year. Like I'm not going to finish. I'm not starting over to get a business degree. That seems pointless. So I said, I'll start going because I had the discipline to teach myself. And I just roll with that. So is there any book? Why open up to like online marketing? Is that just something that you had your eye on? Or how did you piece it all together to find that as really the path that you wanted to take? I would probably say the four hour work week. That was introduced to me by my cousin, Hassan. And I read it and it blew my mind. 
And what I ended up doing, I actually started a supplement company as well. Because oh, wow. I think Tim Ferriss did that. And so, yeah. like, I, yeah, I, um, man, caught up, got it manufactured in New York, label. I actually studied art and design in college. So I did the label myself um, just from top to bottom, got it manufactured. And I put out some ads in some mixed martial arts magazines, and them shits bombed. Like, I, I spent like a grand on full page ads. I didn't know anything about lead generation at the time. I didn't know anything about testing offers. It just, because, you know, before I work with, he doesn't really go into a lot of detail about that. Right. And so he right. left a lot of that out. And so you kind of left up to your own devices to really dig deeper and really figure out, like, how does this stuff work? And so I just did it. You know, I just did it. But it's, it, it didn't work. You know, I got a few sales, but it was like, man, I'm missing something. And that's how I began to get into direct marketing, um, direct response, and just really understanding the marketing and sales aspect because I knew there was a reason that I wasn't making any money. Okay, so then is there a mentor, mentors, people that you followed online that kind of helped close the gap for you? Because you said you kind of played in that space for a while, but it didn't sound like you were really successful. Like, what is it that, because obviously you were hungry to learn, right? I mean, right. that's that's very obvious in, in the examples that you're giving and the and kind of the balls out moves that you're making and saying, you know what, Tim Ferriss did, I'm going to do it, right? So, so right. you kind of, you reverse hack maybe what other people are doing to find the secret for success, weren't having it. So what in online marketing, how did you close the gap or were you able to? Yeah, absolutely. So um, back then, before I knew anything about uh, direct response and sales copy, I was starting to run into these different markets. I think um, I picked up a book by Dan Kennedy, How to Make Millions with Your Ideas. And that was one of the first books I bought. This, this book store was going out of business, and they were selling it for dirt cheap. And I bought it. And this was before I knew who Dan Kennedy really was. And I was like, man, this book is amazing. And so I started to kind of study some more of his stuff. But um, funny story, what we used to do, because me and the two other guys, like we've been kind of on this journey together this whole time, we used to copy sales letters. I remember... Um, uh, who was that? Uh, Yannick Silver had yep. the, uh, was it, uh, is it Instant Sales Letters? Maybe. Or something I've like that. I've heard of something him. Right, I didn't yeah. know his product. Yeah. yeah. He, he was selling a product where it was basically like sales letter templates. And so I knew it was selling because I had kind of heard his story. We used to actually copy and paste his um, copy, put it in our um, website and kind of tweak it. And, you know, this is before I understood sales psychology, but it's like, yo, none of this stuff is going to work because it's not the same market. You don't understand the buying motives. There's all the things I don't know. Right. It's like, hey, this working, so I'm going to copy it, tweak it. Hopefully, it'll work for me. We used to do that a lot before <laughs> we really understood, you know, how just the dynamics of selling. But, um, yeah, and, you know, when you just start to study those guys, it's just like it's going deeper and deeper. You start to see who's learned from who, um, where did they get these things from. They start to mention names about who helped them. And I just start going deeper, man, all the way down to, um, like, the guys who originated, like Robert Collier. Um, I read his, wow. his book, the Robert Collier Letter Book. Uh, so of course, all of Dan Kennedy stuff, um, Claude Hopkins, and I'm starting learning about all of these guys, um, Gary Halbert, who just kind of like were the thought originators on a lot of things. And that's when it, I started to really put it together. But up until 2013, I didn't have a hands-on mentor. It was all through books. And so I was still, you know, I make a few grand a year, you know, eight to 10, maybe um, some years, some more four or five. So I was making money and I was getting sales. But it's like, man, I, I can't sustain my life like this. It's like I need somebody to point out what I'm doing wrong. And, you know, that's when I wrote the letters to, um, like, the top Internet guys. Why don't you explain that a little bit more about the, the, the mentor letters that you sent out? Because I know that that was really a pivotal moment in, in your success. Definitely. So um, what happened, so, you know, it was like December 2013. I was on a job hunt just because I needed some money. 
and you know no one will hire me and then it just hit me it's like dude you don't want to do this at all you know why not go for what you really want which was to really master this marketing online thing and like i you know i'm on, I'm on all of the top marketers email lists and so um I actually, I wrote out a letter because I had been studying sales copy about four or five years, wrote out a letter, sent it to 19 of the top guys. And I only sent 19 because that's all the stamps I could afford. Um, yeah, I, I, I put an Excel spreadsheet. I had about 60 names, but I just, I just picked the first 19 at random, like who I thought might respond before the other ones. So I, mean, I wrote a letter to, just to name a few guys, uh, Ryan Dice, uh, Evan Pagan, Neil Patel, Mike Cannings, of course, uh, Frank Kern, Brendan Bruchard, all of these people. Send them a letter. Um, I emailed it. I mean, excuse me, not emailed. I wrote it and sent it through the post office because I didn't want to email it because everyone does that. And, sure. you know, it's hard to get a response that way. So I decided to send mine through the post office. I, you know, I was struggling so long, man. And Mike Cannings, he responded in four days. Like I was blown away. And it, th- that lesson, it taught me, like, when you really go for the thing that you really want, Oftentimes it opens up and it works out. You know, I'm, I'm banging my head on the job market, which I don't want to do. None of that's not working. You know, Mike, he responds in four days, man. And he sends me this long email like, dude, I need help with all of this stuff. I'm impressed with your writing. What do you think you can do? And <laughs> then after that, man, we had a Skype call. We talked for about an hour and he asked me a very pivotal question. He asked me, what did I really want to do? And I told him that I wanted to be like a marketing coach or consultant. I had been studying this stuff since 06. This is uh, January 2014 at the time. Like, dude, I've been doing this for about eight years. I'm really good at it, but I haven't gotten massive results. You know, I've gotten small results, but I know I can deliver. So he said, okay, if you can do it, you know, I'm impressed with your writing. That's why I responded. Your sales letter was awesome. I'm going to let you help me on my campaign, and we're going to see what you can do. And um, this was Traffic Guys at 2.0. He did 1.0, so he had like all of his earnings per click. He knew what, what he made per visit and all of that. He's like, let's see if you can do better. And, man, in February, um, I helped him with his book, You Everywhere Now. That went number one. And then the Traffic Guys of 2.0 launched. did 1.8 mil in seven days. And after that, um, man, just things just started to change after that. So oh, and he, he hired me, too, as a paid consultant, as a matter of fact. I was just going to say the fact that you're saying, yeah, back in January 2014, but literally it's just <laughs> 12, only 12, been 13, 14 months yeah, ago. Yeah, it's right, only right. been a little over a year and so much has changed in your life. But kind of yeah. go, go back to that moment where you heard back from him. Is this an email that he sent you? Yes, it was. Okay. And so what did you feel in that moment? Like, what did you envision? Like, wow, this is it. This is my door to be open. And how did you prepare for that one hour Skype call? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um it, it was almost unbelievable. And the speed at which he responded. Um, Perry Marshall also responded. It took him about two weeks, though. But, man, Mike, he responded so quickly. It was just like, wow. Oh, another thing, because I had a mental block for so long because I was uh, I considered myself unsuccessful. I didn't think anybody would help me. And so I never even tried to reach out to somebody, you know, at, at, at the level of a Mike Kenny's. And so when I finally did it, it was like, it, that's, it was that easy. Like, whoa, wow, man, I should have been did this. You know, I could have been... <laughs> you know, making money, being successful. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, we often kick ourselves and think like, man, nah, you know, we psych ourselves out from taking action before we even get started because we think we, you know, not good enough or we're not ready, so on and so forth. And I did that for many, many years. I mean, to say I was excited was an understatement. You know, this guy, man, I've been studying his stuff for years, and for him to respond so quickly and just like he, I mean, he really he sent me a long email of all these things that he needed help with, and he's like, pick and choose what you think you could do best. 
And I told him to prepare for the call. Patty, I've been doing it for so long. Um, I, I, I've, I've been prepared for years at that point. So it was, you know, I, I used to write um, sales letters that made millions and millions of dollars. I used to hand write them in a notebook. I still had these notebooks. And so every day it was like, dude, you don't have a job. You ain't making any money. Like practice. You know, no different from the kid. Like I played basketball. You know, just you got to practice. Keep practicing. Just because you're not playing in the game, your time, your time will come. And so I just took that attitude to my life. Every single day without fail, I would practice. I would do something. I would get better, get better. And then when my time came, I was prepared for the opportunity. That's so then for, for the people listening out there, you would take a sales letter that had made millions of dollars Absolutely. and then you would just write it word for word on a piece of paper. Word for word, yeah. Um, I think Gary Habert told me, well, I read that he said that was a good idea to do. And I figured this guy's rich. So I'm going to listen to him. So I did. <laughs> Just, and then, uh, and how, how long would you say that you did that? How long did you copy those sales letters? I did that for about a year. Um, it was a year, probably 20, uh, I read that in 2013. So up to 2013 to 2014, I would write wow. one like every day. It may be the same one. Um, it, it, there aren't many million dollar sales letters. So I would right. write many of them over and over again. Sure. And just so, you know, cause I went from having to start with a sales letter that was already written and kind of modify it. But once you practice that much, now I can start with a blank piece of paper cause I know what needs to be where, how it needs to flow. Cause I've just done it so many times. Now, now explain to people out there that are listening is how does that work? How does just copying something word for word? How does that uh, translate into, into success. Um, well, it, if you, if you copy something that's successful, you know, whether it's a sales letter or, you know, if you're playing sports, man, you emulate say Michael Jordan, you know, you're gonna start to do successful things. And it's like now with a lot of people, I don't know the audience, if they write sales letters or they enter copy, yeah, there's everything. So we have entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, brick and mortar, life okay. coaches. It all applies, really. Yeah. So, man, when you do it over and over again, that repetition, it's it's hard to fail. You know, you become so good at it. And it just it shows you exactly what needs to be where. Um, I mean, I can identify a headline that will or won't work just by looking at it, reading it. Like, I don't even have to test many times. Um, you just, man, because everybody's kind of doing the same thing. You know, just like they say, success leaves clues. Right. It's it's all the same. You know, which is once you identify, um, you know, these guys who are knocking it out the park, you just do what they do. And, um, you you know, you can you can almost guarantee that you'll be successful. Who are some people whose copy is really awesome that, that you would suggest to take a look at? Because I, this is so cool because there's a lot of, again, lots of gold in here in that couple of things, going back to the comment that Shash made is he had withheld from putting himself out there and reaching out to these guys that could help to provide the mentorship that he knew that he needed. And mm-hmm. so you were like in your head for so long, I guess one question before we move on onto the copyright is like, what was it that, how did you snap out of that belief? Because it's the belief that kept you where you were right. in spite of the fact that you had the right habits. Exactly. Right? And that's, that's a great point. It was just, I was at, I was at rock bottom. And then at that point, my attitude is I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. And you know, I had been talking myself out of trying and it's like, dude, just try. I mean, either you, they're not going to respond. You know, you've been doing this for so long, you know, you can write a good sales letter. Why not go for the top guys? Hey, I, I just figured, Hey, what the hell? Why not? Let's try. 
And then in terms of the fact that you practice, you had already had the discipline of writing and learning and applying and reverse engineering and mm-hmm. hacking the letters that were working, et cetera, you felt really confident in what you were putting out there. So I, I just kind of want to reiterate to everybody that it's the daily discipline mm-hmm. that you took that helped close the gap in, right. in the moment where you were in front of Koenigs and you had that call and you showed them what you had to offer. It was just a seamless transition into that conversation. He felt confident enough to bring you on as a paid consultant, which I'm sure right. just completely rocked your world. Oh, and, exactly, then, yeah. and then the launch, right? So, right. T- so talk to us about that engagement that you had with him. So was he closely mentoring you or did he leave you to your own and saying, show me what you got and how did you manage to that? Great. So um, the first call, he told me, he asked me what, what were my goals. You know, he asked me, did I kind of want to work for him or did I want to be, um, you know, entrepreneur? And just like that old Gatorade commercial, like, I want to be, I want to be <laughs> like, 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 I want to do what you're doing, buddy. Like, I don't want to be your, your, your employee, you know. Yep. So he said, OK. So he, he you know, he kind of set me on that track. And it was our agreement was uh, he was going to pay me. And I think um, I don't know if you remember this on stage when I mentioned that. I just think he knew I needed the money because in my letter, I would have did it for free just for the mentorship. But he decided to pay me because he was impressed with my writing, the reason he responded. And also he was like, I'll mentor you. At that time, I think one of the biggest things I got from Mike from a mentoring perspective, and he, he didn't tell me this directly, but it was that I kind of already had what it took. You know, Mike, he likes to share his story, man. He's from Eagle Lake, Minnesota, super small town. Uh, didn't finish high school. Like, man, he's, he's an awesome guy, but he's yeah. just a guy. Yep. You know, he's just a guy. And he's just like, man, I just take action. Um, now, Mike Keynes, he gets it done. I know a lot of people procrastinate, man. That's, that's another big thing I learned from him, man, is just take action. This dude, he takes fast action, man. I mean, I, I don't know many people who get things done as fast as he does. Hmm. When he sets a goal, he sets a deadline, and he's on top of it. Never late, never rushed, prioritizes his time. And he just gets it done, man. You know, a lot of people, um, for years, I went through just bouts with procrastination. You know, after that, it just taught me that you knock it out fast, man. And, you know, special things happen when you, when you take action and get it done. You know, I wouldn't have met you, Patty, if I didn't take action and get my book done and do everything that he taught me. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced now I can never go back. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. So now the, the letter that you sent out, that was huh? essentially a sales letter for the, for the mentors. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, and speaking of that, you know, if anybody's listening and you think you want a mentor, you're trying to get help from someone, just like any good sales letter, you know, you make it about them. I, I will show you guys the letter. I'll give it to you to your um, listeners if you want. But everything in the letter, it's about Mike. It's about how can I help Mike? How can I help you do this? How can I help you do that? None of it is like, hey, Mike, help me, help me, help me, help me. I don't, I, it's not about that because it's a sales letter. Uh-huh. I'm trying to sell you on helping you improve your life and your business. I'm not asking for a handout. Now, because I understand sales psychology and reciprocity, you know, if I help you achieve a result, you're going to naturally want to help me. But it wasn't about me at all. A lot of people, they always ask, hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? No, I didn't do that with any of them. It's like, how can I help them? I researched them, figured out what I thought that they could improve on. And that's what I talked about. That is so important for people to understand. I had a similar conversation with some 
uh, a pretty known name. And he basically said, he's like, oh, so, so you're an entrepreneur. He goes, when you understand this one rule of entrepreneurship, your whole life will change. Because this is the secret and people don't yeah. understand it. You have to be of value to people first. Right. Because it's not about you. It's not about what you can get from people. It's not about that. But when you're coming from a perspective of wanting to help and wanting to add value and adding your talent to people's problems to provide those solutions, he's like, right. everything will change. Absolutely. And yeah. it is so true. And people don't understand that. Like people are looking for, just like you said, and it's like, no, you guys got it backwards, you know? Exactly. I mean, yeah. these people, I'm sure they almost get accosted sometimes, right. you know, <laughs> asking for handouts. And it's like, Definitely. that's not the way it works. Right. You know, you can't go out with a stretched out hand. And so the fact that you obviously understood that with your talent um, in copywriting and stuff like that, and that is what helped also to close the gap. And the fact that you sent how many letters? 19. 19. And you got a pretty good response rate, I yeah, would say. Two, two out of 19. Matter of fact, and two bounced back. Uh, Evans bounced back and Ron Dices bounced back. So it was like two out of 17. That's 11.76%. See, guys? That. Yeah, that's high. Yeah. That is high. Yeah. <laughs> not, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Right, right. That's so what would you, what would you say, uh, Shresh? What would you say has that been like the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur? Oh man, that's a great question. I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, ballsiest, I would say. Oh yes, oh, you're gonna love this one. So actually, the book I'm writing a book this year called "Start Broke and Rich." Ooh, and that's one a thing hot, that's a great title. That is a phenomenal title. Yeah. So one thing that I did, man, I started selling this book. Back in 2013, when I needed money, I mean, I was selling people the idea of the, of the book. I haven't written a word. I don't have a cover design. Man, I don't have anything. I'm getting on the phone, calling people, selling it, 20 bucks a pop. Like, and I still owe those people the book <laughs> <laughs> from back then. So that's probably the ballsiest thing that I did, man. Um, I, I forget who I learned that from. Just you know, a lot of people they spend so much time trying to create a product first and find a market second. What I do now, I don't create anything if I can't sell it. I try to sell it first. I won't have anything done. I mean, I'll just have an outline, some um, selling points, and I try to sell it. And if somebody gives me some money for it, then I'll create it. But if not, I don't make any kind of move on product creation or anything prior to that. I literally just heard that that concept. Well, no, I've heard it a few times, but it didn't hit home until um, a friend of mine that we also interviewed. Um, he basically is like, yeah, Patty, why are you worried about the product? Just put it out. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah. just put it out there. Put like chapter one of it out there and then see if the market is interested enough to want to invest it. And then you put together the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, that's so ballsy. At the same time, it, it is a calculated risk because you wouldn't you don't put all your energy into something that's going to bomb. Exactly. You're testing out the market, but then you're accountable for it. So, exactly. you know, like a man of your word, you got to come through with that book, which right. I'm sure is going to be outstanding. Yeah. And so like, the people who bought it early, I actually just gave them the copy of How to Create Lifetime Customers. Um, but, you know, that that book, I didn't think of that book until I started to work with Mike. And, you know, his whole thing was when you write a book, write it about the way you want to position yourself to what market. Right. And so that's how I kind of came up with that book. Um, but I'm going to do the Start Broken and Rich. This year I had that one done. That's the big project that I'm working on now. And um, I'm really excited about it. So that's, that's probably the ballsiest move to date. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the creative process for, for how you tackle, you know, when you write a book. How, how do you do it? What, what would you recommend? If somebody's yeah, so, like, you know what, I'm interested in writing a book. How do you make that happen? Yeah, so if you want to write a book quickly, um, say in 30 days or less, the first thing you want to do is outline the book. Well, well let's, let's, let's go back. 
think about who you want to sell the book to first. And just like any good sales copy or salesperson, you know, think about what are the, what are the biggest benefits that this market wants. Um, and then I would wrap my title around that benefit and to make it compelling. And then I, when you when you want to create the book, outline the book as detailed as possible. And then you know you would speak the book, dictate the book. You know, no different from us having this conversation and recording it. Speak it like you're talking to your best friend, and that's going to allow it to be very conversational and very fun to read. And then after that, you get it transcribed. And then it's all about editing and making it flow like a book. And you do that. You can have a book done in two to four weeks. Tell us about the launch that you had with Mike Koenig. You went from broke, rock bottom, January of 2014. Mm -hmm. And now it's a little over a year later. You have a seven-figure launch under your belt as well as a best-selling book. So tell us about the highlights of the book and the product launch. Yeah, so the product launch was a lot of fun because um, I don't know if you guys study like marketing funnels, man. You know, when people are doing launches, you probably watch the videos and kind of, you know, go through that thing. That's that's cool. But being on the inside of it and watching it unfold, um, being able to write and edit the sales scripts, being able to see the timelines, the um, deadlines, being able to see how they communicate with joint venture partners, how they incentivize these people to launch, like the Marie Forleo's, the Brendan Bruchard's, the Jeff Walker. Um, Just being in on those conversations and being able to see it, to see it being built, it's an entirely different experience. Um, Because you miss so much when you watch it on the outside. And, I I mean, that right there, it's completely, like, blew my mind. Because it's, you know, you know how they did, they say when once your mind expands, it can't go back. Exactly. Right, right. And so it's like, dude, I just helped a guy make $1.8 million in seven days. Like I'm thinking about, you know, making a million in a year, but it's like, that ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like right? six figures a month, whatever. Like, oh my God, like that's, that's nothing. And then, man, that, so that changed. It kind of warped my... It, it warped my idea of like how fast you can create wealth. Like I, I it, it's anything outside of doing something like that is like just very small thinking to me. Because again, you you hear about it, you read about it, and that's cool, man. These guys are doing it, but to see it, it does something to you. So that you know, using that man, Mike gave me a killer testimonial for that on my book, and using the bestseller to get um, consulting deals. You know, to really start making money. You know, a lot of people, um, if they're interested in writing a book, the worst thing you can do. Is try to sell books to make money. Exactly. Um, you use your book, get a book away, man, because trying to sell a book for 10, 20 bucks a pop, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's, that's small potatoes. Use that book as, you know, a marketing tool to get deals. And that's what I did. And, you know, now, once I give somebody a copy of my book versus when I would try to give them a business card, the conversation is, is totally different. You know, it, it goes from one of you're a salesman to, oh, my God, man, you wrote the book on this. Hey, I have this problem. Help me. You know, it instantly becomes like a consultation and they want you to help them. They're calling you. They're clamoring to get to you. And it's easy to get deals that way. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a book is kind of like a business card now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you have a son. How old is your son, Trish? He's five. He'll be six in June. Uh, congratulations on your son. Right. Has he has he adapted? Has he realized what's going on? And what about being a father has, and yeah. I'm sure that you as a father have that same type of mentality, but has he seen your growth? Has he, has he realized what's going on in your life that is going to impact his life inevitably? 
I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, I think the proudest that I've been over all of this, like it's cool to start making money and, you know, be able to kind of change your life. That's fun. And Mike, he always told me, you know, when you start making millions of dollars, it's not as big of a deal as you thought it would be. Right. Um, and then I always thought, yeah, it's cool for a rich guy to say that. To <laughs> but, it's all relative. Right. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I'd rather have those kind of problems. But the, the most um, impactful thing is one day, you know, my son, because my dad wasn't around in my life. And so it was always important for me to be there for my son. But my son, he said, um, one day out of the blue, we were riding in the car. And he's like, I want to write books like you, Daddy. Aww. I was like, oh, man, like just heartbreaker. Were dude. you like, oh, my God, let me pull yeah. over and cry. It, yeah, it was, because, man, you know, with you having kids, I don't know if you have kids, um, Tim. But, no, I do not. I do not yet. It's in the yeah. plans. Yeah, especially, man, um, man, my people, man, black people, like a lot of us are just lost. And even with me growing up without a dad, like I kind of lucked out because I had a basketball coach who was like a father figure to me. But, you know, you have kids, parenting kids, basically. You know, a lot of kids, man, you and your friends, y'all influence one another. And so your life, it can be a lot of powerful things, but it also can get derailed easily. I mean, even my life, man, in my childhood with some of my friends, if I had been in places that they were instead of basketball practice, man, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. And so for my son, man, to say, like, man, dad, I want to write books like you versus being to some knucklehead stuff. Man, I mean, there's no better feeling than that. That's right. That's right. And, and then you, you told him to, to write an outline and let's start talking about, <laughs> about copywriting <laughs> skills. <laughs> right. No, and, and truly, I do want to go back to this because I think it's so important. It's like small kids. It's like everything's a collective consciousness, right? It's it's the it's the collection of experiences of what they've exposed to that molds in those first seven years. Sorry, I'm getting a little into psychology because I'm I'm really passionate on this topic. I, yeah. I hear exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, as parents of, of blue collar family, you know, first generation American coming over here, my my thinking wasn't open to entrepreneurship. My thinking was open to go to school, right. you know, get a good job. I was the first one to go to college in my family. I mean, my parents came from the old country, you know. So the fact that you're opening up his psyche, mm. his collective consciousness is exposed to entrepreneurship, right. is exposed to possibility, is exposed to carrying that on, like on your shoulders, lifting right. up. Right. Do you under like that is the most impactful thing yeah. ever. That- that's that's huge to me because um like I think I feel like I'm breaking the cycle. Um, Absolutely. Like, that there isn't. I never had anyone tell me that I could do this. Exactly. It was always that go to school, get a degree, get a job kind of thinking. Right. And so I don't even know like where I come from. I feel like an alien sometimes because I didn't <laughs> like I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have any business people that I could reach out to or that I knew personally. Um, I just knew that I didn't want to work a job and like live like the rest of you guys. Yeah, I knew that. Um, so yeah, so I feel like I I, I really broke the cycle now. And so I know with me being his dad and he looks at me like his superhero, like he's going to want to do what I'm doing. That's right. And it's only going to get bigger and better. Right. So the fact that he can say, you know what? I don't have a boss. I'm my own boss. Exactly. I mean, that's huge. Right, right. I'm glad you asked me. That's perfect for this show. Yeah. yeah. He's never going to even think like that because I'm not going to teach him, hey. You need to try to work for somebody else. That should be your aspiration. And we he's five. And he's right. five. Like, do you guys understand? Like, the fact that he's five, and this is molding the great majority of his foundational thinking yeah. and go and moving forward. I think it's so exciting. I love to see those kind of stories because I'm. I'm telling you, my husband and I, we sit 
at the at the dinner table drilling into my kids and my kids wow. come home. And they're like, Mom, they were talking about it's important when you get a job. And he's the only one that's like, I'm not getting a job. And he, he looks <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the big, you know, uh, he's like the contrarian or, you right. know, like the rebel. And I'm like, good for you, because if there's any issues with that, they can call me and we'll talk. You know what right. I mean? Like, Absolutely. it's so cool to see that. So I'm so happy to, to hear you say that. So, Rash, tell me about what you envision since this last year has been so pivotal, so groundbreaking for you. How do you see it trans- transforming this year and beyond? Well, you guys asked fantastic questions. Because we got it like that. We are here. But yeah, we want to we want to download off that brain of yours. Yeah, that man. So um, one thing that I've noticed ever since. With, you know, beginning of this year, well, let, let me let me tell you this. I didn't even know I was coming to San Diego, Patty. And so this year, things have just kind of been working out like like crazy. And I almost feel like I'm not even driving the car anymore. I'm just kind of trusting the process and just rolling with it. So, like, I didn't stay at the hotel in San Diego because the hotel was booked. Mike literally texted me a week, not maybe not even a week prior to the event. And he was like, yo, did you talk to Jesse about coming to speak on the panel? I'm like, dude, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Like, what are you talking about? And so I had to hustle to kind of get out to San Diego. I, I had to hustle to get a plane ticket because it was like super booked and crazy. Like, I just didn't have enough time. But I figured it out. I got out there. I did an Airbnb like a couple of miles from the hotel okay. um, so I can use Uber to get over there every yeah, day. Yeah. Like it was just, but, you know, just like this thing's just been working out. And so now since um, San Diego and I was on stage, man, cool people like you came up, talked to me. Um, a lot of people, uh, Mr. Pat Zemer, he spoke with me. Just a bunch of people have been talking to me. And it's like they they want to help me get my story and get my message out. I guess they were just really touched by it. And um, it's like, so right now, I mentioned the book, Start Broke and Rich. My goal is to create the modern day think and grow rich. Yes. And so what I want to do, I was so inspired by that book, man, and just how uh, Mr. Carnegie commissioned Napoleon Hill to do that. I want to do the same thing, but, you know, make it more modern and digital version. So now I'm interviewing like 100 of the top successful um, business owners, athletes, celebrity, people who have similar stories to mine. And I want to put these interviews out, build um, a subscriber base of a million people, use that to help people begin to create wealth. Because that's my big vision. Like I grew up not having anything and I've been so inspired to help people get out of just poverty-stricken financial situations. So whatever financial, I mean, whatever financial security means to you, I want to help people do that by leveraging the internet. And so the the genesis of that is this book, connecting with these um, personalities to tell their stories, and just kind of build that platform around like my end game. Brilliant, outstanding, outstanding. Brilliant. In alignment so, with our mission, too. Like, we believe everybody should live boss-free by design if they so choose. Yeah. Like, if you having a job, if that's your thing, that's cool. But our audience is, like, everyone should have the visibility and understand the options in front of them. Absolutely. So there's total alignment. Love yeah. it. Love it. Big time. I was just going to be, you know, like, we're, we're kind of at the end of the end of the rope here. And I wanted to ask uh, Shrush the last question. And that, you know, really what we like to do with our boss-free society peeps is we like to ask our guests, what's some sage advice or perhaps an action that our audience can take in the next 24 to 48 hours um, that they can apply to their business and or life that you think would really help them move forward? Two things. First, it is, it's so cliche. Believe in yourself and really think that you're unstoppable because you really are. And I mean, like really embrace that attitude. 
Because once I got over the mental block that no one would help me, my life changed immediately. And that was holding me back for so long. Like you pointed that out, Patty. I mean, that was holding me back for years. And I was stuck. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this by myself. I got to do it alone. No one wants to help me. But people will help you. If they see that you're ambitious, if they see that you work with a level of integrity, they will help you. And I read this in um, Claude Hopkins' book, too. He said that men, successful men, they like to see other successful people come up. Because most of them are like me. Mike's story is very similar to mine. Um, Perry Marshall, very similar to mine. You know, you kind of start out in one place where you're struggling and then you come from success. So they like to see stories like that. And they like to help people like that because you have a certain kinship. So believe in yourself and really believe that you're unstoppable. The second thing, I would say get a mentor. Because if you are doing something and you're trying to do it on your own, you can cut years off of your learning curve by getting someone to tell you, hey, do this, don't do that. You know, here's the way because they've already done it. A lot of people think they got to go it alone. Find a mentor, um, believe in yourself and just take massive action every single day. Don't let a day go by where you're not getting something done. That's the truth. Love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Arash, it was such a pleasure to meet you. And I, I, I have to reiterate the fact that when I saw you speak on the panel, you touched Mike Koenig's big time with what you said. I mean, it was, man, he cried, man. It I was, was so cry. authentic. It was yeah. real. Everyone is like, oh, my God, it was so good. And I look over at the people that I was sitting with. I'm like, the onions, the onions. Because right, right, right. <laughs> I literally, I teared off. I was like, because you can tell that you, there was such deep gratitude. And yeah. then he felt so good that he can help you. So I love those kind of stories. I think it's yeah. so cool that in just a year all this has transpired with your work right your work and your diligence and i can't wait to hear what else you got got going on into the future and hopefully you'll come back on and tell us about your projects as you move forward with them i will i would love to man and um you know just a quick another quick story with mike that was my first time meeting him when i came to san diego face to face man i never got to shake his hand or anything man so when i Finally got to meet him and talk to him, man. I cried like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like, man, because so this touching. dude, yeah, he had such a huge impact on my life, man. Like, and just to make, you know, Mike, man, he he, he battled with cancer. You know, he had the prospect of dying. Yeah. You know, like had a death date. Like, hey, dude, you're gonna die this time. You know, in mm-hmm. in the future, and he knew that. And so for him to come back from that and to invest his time and his most precious asset to help me. Like, man, I, I do not undervalue people's time. You know, like, just for you to reach out to me and say, hey, you want to interview me, you know, be on time for that. You know, I respect you and Tim's time. And that's, 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 that's the most important thing that we have. And so for Mike to share that with me, man, and just to invest into me, a guy he doesn't know, he never met me. Like, I, man, I, I cherish that. And I'm so, so, so grateful by that. And so when I was on stage, man, I was just excited to be able to say thank you in front of everybody and to have that platform, man. And, um, Cause that's, that's how I really felt. Like it's, I, I never forget it, you know. And I just really appreciate it. It was a, it was a brilliant moment. It was so good, and you also look very dapper. I was like, okay, thank you, you very much. <laughs> I, I feel bad that I wasn't there. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I mean, people were just in awe. I was like sitting, I'm like, what? This was, I mean. That was worth coming just to see that power of wow. transformation and stuff like that. I loved it. It was so amazing. So, oh, Suresh, thank you so much. All your social media information is going to be in the show notes. We cannot wait to hear what's coming down the pipe for you. Please, Great. we hope we can get you back on because you have such a beautiful story. I just adore your spirit. So, oh, thank you so thank much. You so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I look forward to you know staying in touch with you guys and definitely. becoming good friends. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, That's definitely. It's a pleasure to meet you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.